welcome to the Field Talk podcast from the Linder Farm Network, the voice of Minnesota agriculture. I'm your host, Dan Lemke. Meat exports are important not only to livestock producers, but also to the corn and soybean farmers who grow the animal feed. U.S. Meat Export Federation Senior Vice President for Industry Relations, John Hinners, is this week's guest, explaining the opportunities and importance of red meat exports. Well, we're excited that the uh, the beef industry is having a good year uh, financially. You know, we've had uh, an uptick in our market, and uh, uh, the uh, the situation at hand, though, when you look internationally, you know, um, you know, especially in some of the Asia markets, you know, our our product is a little more expensive than it's been in the past. So we've seen a little bit of a pullback on exports, but uh, coming off of a record 2022 year. Uh, that could be expected, as as we well know. Um, this export business is exciting. Uh, we're sending a tremendous amount of red meat overseas, uh, trying to get a premium for some of the variety meats that we uh, have available to consumers around the world. And anytime you can put a, a beef liver on the market uh, in Egypt or South America, or a, uh, let's say a beef tongue in Japan at a at a premium. Uh, let's go ahead and do it because we're not going to consume as much of that product here domestically as as what we would want to. So let's open up the markets and uh, see where we can get the product to guarantee us a premium uh, for some of these items that, you know, we don't consume as much here in the United States. Is that something that gets overlooked is the fact that, I mean, we're used to seeing certain cuts on our shelves, but, uh, you know, pretty much the entire animal is used and, and adds value to the, the, to the farmer's uh, bottom line. I think that's a that's a great point. You know, oftentimes we think about you know some of the great cuts that we're en- able to enjoy here, especially around the holidays. You know, a ribeye or let's get a tenderloin, and and we know those things cost money, um, certainly. But let's not overlook some of these other items like the stomach, uh, the beef stomach. You know, Mexico's been a great market for tripe. You know, and, and it's a great protein to enjoy um you know let's also look at uh, beef hearts you know we send beef hearts to south america peru is a, a great example where they enjoy this type of a product and culturally here in the united states we we would enjoy it as well too but certainly we just don't have that as much you know you go to a restaurant uh, when's the last time you you sat down with a friend or a neighbor and said i'll have a plate of liver and onions it's just traditionally you know, we don't do that often. Uh, I'm not saying it's impossible, but, you know, we we enjoy a steak or we enjoy a, a, a nice burger here or there. And um, so we've got to find ways to increase opportunities for profitability. Export market is, is one of those uh, opportunities for, US beef, for the U.S. beef industry um, to do that. And, you know, we're here in Minnesota, second largest pork uh, producing state in the United States as well. So our exports on pork have been tremendous. Uh, 30% of the pork that we raise here in the United States gets exported outside uh, of our borders. So, you know, there's another way that we're uh, utilizing value-added corn, value-added Minnesota soybeans uh, through our livestock, and it's a stable uh, part of what we do. So in agriculture today, we need everything, you know, uh, margins are thin, uh, whether you're raising corn, soybeans, whether you're raising uh, pork, whether you're raising beef, whether you're raising lamb, you know. So we've got to find ways to increase the value to allow for profit opportunities for our producers. 
there any particular geographic regions of the country that are emerging or are, of the world rather that are growing and emerging that are of particular interest and excitement? Well, I think you can't ignore Southeast Asia. Uh, that's a that's an area that we've been expanded in in uh, recent years. You know, the uh, Philippines have uh, been a great market. You know, we have a unique product. You know, we have that corn-fed, uh, highly marbled beef product. So we need to be able to, to garnish a premium over some of the uh, other products. We've got great genetics. We're at a higher level compared to the rest of the world when it comes to quality, food safety. Um, so let's put it in the, in the places where we can get a premium and let's move forward. I would say the other area that's uh, of interest and we're expanding would be uh, Africa, South Africa. You've got 1.4 billion people, uh, and it's going to continue to grow. Uh, we have to have trade access. It's a complicated market. Um, you know, there's so many different languages in that particular market and throughout Africa. Um, the other thing that's still a challenge is the cold chain uh, situation you know, being able to move a chilled product through that particular market will have its challenges. So a lot of the product going into uh, South Africa is going to have to remain being frozen uh, until we figure out this cold chain. But, you know, the world is complex. Uh, certainly there's great opportunities. We just need to keep chipping away and find every little a nook and cranny that we can put U.S. protein in because we have to compete against other countries like Brazil. We're competing uh, throughout Asia uh, with our friends from Australia and New Zealand. They're aggressive. Uh, so advertising is never free. It's never easy. But let's keep our foot on the gas pedal and not give up any shelf space in Korea. Let's not give up any shelf space in uh, Japan. We've worked uh, 30, 40 years to, um, you know, acquire these relationships so so be it let's let's stay aggressive i know our product's not going to be the cheapest but we never want to sell on price here in the united states we want to sell on all these other attributes look at the sustainability messages that we have behind our product we've been doing things better um every year you know we want to pass on that farm that family farm to that next generation so we're doing the things right here in the united states uh, so let's tell our story. You touched on it a little bit, too. I mean, this is corn and soybean fed. So even though a, a farmer may not be producing livestock themselves, I mean, what happens in the livestock market definitely plays back at their farm as well. Touch on that, if you would. Well, you know, if you're, uh, if you're in Blue Earth, Minnesota, and you're raising soybeans or corn, you know, uh, we've done some work with uh, Dave Jude from World Perspectives. He's an economist. He's has a he's had a model in place, and year on year, anywhere from twelve to fifteen percent of a bushel's value can be attributed uh, back to red meat exports. So, if you're raising corn, and um, you know that price of that that bushel of corn is is uh, you know close to five dollars or four. You know, about 15% of that can be attributed to red meat exports. So it's one way that uh, we can add value to the, to the corn industry. We can add value to the soybean industry. So red meat exports are an important part of the livelihood of everybody in rural America. And John Henners with the U.S. Meat Export Federation. Thanks for listening. Find other podcasts at linderfarmnetwork.com and on Apple and Spotify. And get up-to-date farm news and market analysis daily from your local LFN affiliate.